Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this is a mini-sode, a bonus episode, where we are talking about the first of four parts of Evie Drake Starts Over by Linda Holmes. Um, so this is the first book discussion that we're doing, which is super exciting. We're so classy reading books. So classy. We chose this book in part because we love Linda Holmes. We're a long time. Linda Holmes is NPR's pop culture correspondent. Um, she's the head host of NPR's pop culture happy hour. Um, and a couple of years ago, she released her own. She's a huge like romance rom-com novel fan. And a few years ago, she released her own. Um, and so that's why we chose her book to start. We wanted to keep in our brand our rom-com brand um but try our try our hand at books so um we made let's let's be honest carrie we made we decided to read a certain number of books in 2021 i'm dying just like i had decided last year i decided i was going to read 12 books in 2020 i did not do it one of the books i did read was this and i liked it and so i said you know what two for one i'm going to read it again in 2021 and it'll count I read one book, one and a half books in 2020, because I started a book in 2020, in 2019, finished it in 2020. Um, I also made the same resolution. I'm doing better this year than I did last year. I mean, you already read a quarter of this book. I've already read a quarter of this book. I'm already halfway through The Vanishing Half, which I know I'm super late on, um, which is also fantastic. Totally different. Two completely different books. It's kind of nice to have. Not really a rom-com. I think we might not touch that one. Yeah. Not a rom-com. Um, but it's nice to have both. Um, and this is definitely like a good one to kick off 2021 with. It's a fun, joyful, not super heavy. It's really like warm. I think one, yes. one of the like quotes on it is Roxanne Gay and she says like I'm just reading straight from it a warm absolutely charming novel that felt like fuzzy socks a roaring fireplace and a good a good glass of wine and a soft hand to hold and it just like is yeah like it's about so well I, I assume if you're listening to this you've either read or are reading along with us which is cool but if not it's about like a woman whose husband died about a year ago spoiler alert she found out he was dying as she was leaving him not really a spoiler because it's the prologue um, and so she's like, she, the, her whole like small main town thinks that she's been, um, sort of in this home she owned with him, grieving him when really she's been, says it in a line, like, so overwhelmed by not missing him because she was so unhappy in there. I think we would call it an abusive marriage. He never hit her or harmed her, but he was definitely emotionally abusive. He wasn't a super um, nice guy. And he was but he was very... beloved by his town because he was a, he was a beloved doctor. So she's sort of uncomfortable that no one's going to believe that he wasn't a super nice yeah. guy. Yeah, and he was arrogant and narcissistic. Yeah, and not nice to her. And her best friend, who is a single father, um, has a childhood friend moving to town who is a former New York Yankee who has fully just lost the ability to pitch. She's got the yips. Um, and so he comes to, like, rent out her the little apartment attached to her big home. And spoiler alert, guys, but I think they're going to fall in love. Yeah. But um, Carrie hasn't so the gotten book, that far yet. <laughs> the, the book's divided into four parts, um, fall, winter, spring, summer. 
Um, and so in this episode, we're discussing fall, which is the first chunk of the book. I'd read this before, Carrie. What do you think? So, yeah, this is my first time How are time you enjoying the it. first 90 pages? This is the first time. This has been on my list. Again, I um, this has been on my list for a long time because I'm a huge Linda Holmes fan. But I really, like, just could not manage to read a book in 2020. I really tried, guys. I tried. I can't imagine why, Carrie. All the people who were like, we had so much time in 2020. I was just reading and making bread and, like, I did all these craft projects. I'm like, oh, really? So you weren't consumed with impending doom and severe anxiety? Yeah. Stop bragging about it. Um. I also, like, I think I told you, like, until you moved, so you moved in with us in June, July? June. June. Um, like, until, so March to June, like, we were working full-time and raising children, so by the time I got to the end of the day, I was just like, I need to do anything other than, like, use my brain and read a book. It's funny, Um, I read the most books between March and June when I was just, like, in my apartment. And then when I moved in with you and became one third of a childcare team, I was like, I don't have, I don't have the energy to read books anymore. They're exhausting. (laughs) But March to June, I was like knocking them down, and then like June to now, I was like, I think no. Yeah, Um, could not do it. But I'm trying to do better this year. And this is a this is a nice place to start. This is a good book for like jump starting. Because I love reading, and this is a good one to, like, jumpstart because it's not particularly heavy. Like you said, it's warm. It's kind of – there's some nice, like, world building. It takes place in this sort of, like, insular, small, main town. That feels, like, idyllic. Like, I want to go – like, part of the reason Dean, the former New York Yankee, like, goes there, A, because his childhood friend lives there, but also because, like, it's this, like, idyllic main seaside town where they, like – catch lobster and all go to the same breakfast place it's just like yes this is where this is where i want to be um and i feel like a lot of that's i feel like romance novels often take place in small towns and i feel like because there's there's like a hope and a and a romanticism about a small town it helps in this book because it helps characterize her and characterize her ex-husband at one point dean asked um, like, why, if he was such an arrogant, like, good doctor, did he want to come back and, like, live? This, everyone loved her uh, husband who died. Everyone loved uh, Tim, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And and Dean sort of asked, and the only person who knows how she truly felt about her marriage is Dean. She's never even told her best friend, Andy. And he sort of says, like, why would he want to live and come back in this town? And she was like, because he could be the biggest fish. Like, he could, he's just anyone else. Right. And so it, like, helps characterize him. And it gives you, like, that sort of, like, gossipy thing we love in romance novels. And, like, why there's gossip about her and her best friend because he's a heterosexual, single heterosexual man. There's gossip about her and this baseball player. Like, it gives – the world building is so good. Yeah. That it's really – pleasant and she's described as wearing really like chunky knit sweaters which I love I saw somebody this was before I'd read the book so this was like months ago I saw somebody on Twitter say that they imagined Merritt Weaver in this role and Linda oh. Holmes responded and was like you're not wrong um and so now that's all I can picture and in fact like picturing her in the role almost makes the book better um like picturing her saying Evie's dialogue really kind of like grounds the dialogue and makes it feel really authentic and warm in mm-hmm. and 
So now that's all I can picture. And then I was trying to think about who I'd cast as Dean. And I think about it a lot. Okay, he's so gotta be hot. He's gotta be. I know hot, you're gonna say Chris Evans. Like, what? I know you're gonna say Chris Evans. No, because I feel like he's gotta be like a little bit older, a little bit like worn in. I almost think like a Dermot Mulroney, but I think he's like too a touch old. too old, too old. So yeah. stick with me. Hold on, let me look up his real name because I'm gonna refer to him as a character. Hold on. No, tell me his character name right now. Um, the guy that plays Dan on Veep. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yes, and for that, he has the exact salt and pepper hair you want. His okay, his real name Ooh, is Reed he's Scott. So unlikable in everything, even in late night, where he's like, spoiler alert, the like guy she ends up with. Spoiler alert, he's still unlikable. Like I've never, I really like him as an actor, and I am. He's like might be my. Oh, that's like a bold statement. Is it true? Yes, he might be my like physical ideal man. But he's never played a likable character. Never played a likable character. So, well, that's not true. He was mostly likable in My Boys, which I think maybe. I'm I sorry, I should repeat. He's show. never played a likable character in a movie anyone other than Carrie has watched. TV show anyone other than Carrie has watched. <laughs> um, so, but I think it's high time for him to play like the romantic lead. I can see he has a baseball player's build. He's got that salt and pepper thing going on. And even when, and the truth is, even when he's really unlikable, he's still fucking charming as hell. Well, and I think, like, maybe late night is a good, like, so, like, Veep, everyone's, everyone's bad people. Not a good person in the bunch. But he's still fucking hot in that. So hot. Uh, and late night, he's an arrogant dick who falls in love with Mindy Kaling. So <laughs> we are all fine. If it's sort of like, it's because it's a, not really a rom-com, it'll probably go on the list, but it's not like technically a rom-com. It's a movie about her relationship with Emma Thompson. He's like, he becomes her like best work friend and is the one who is like, so, oh, he's like, he plays like the worst type of TV writer. And then he's like, it's like pure nepotism and he's a dick about it. And he like, but then he thinks she does really well. And he like redeems himself. And so like, maybe that's the bridge we need for him to play this like, grumpy but love loving character yes okay great that's in my head now tell me what you thought of the book (laughs) i really i really like this book um i love this protagonist i think she's really like i like her story i like the relationship with her single best friend you know i love a platonic male female relationship well and you also made the point that this is sort of like in kind of like quote unquote insider baseball or whatever, but like we listen to a lot of pop culture happy hour, right? So her one of her co-hosts on pop culture happy hour is a heterosexual single father or divorced father. I don't he's not single anymore, but father um, will Andy by the end of the book. Sorry, keep going. I'm not spoiler. Allison, I'm sorry. Maybe he ends up with Evie. You don't know. <laughs> I know that he does not end up with Evie. I would be really. I would be really disappointed if he ended up with Evie. I'm not going to tell you whether he does or not. Um, But anyway, so one of her co-hosts, who is also, like, one of her best friends, the author, Linda Holmes, um, is a single divorced father. Of girls, right? Like, which is this character? Of uh, one of each. He has a girl and a boy. Um, So I think that this character is 
likely loosely based on him. In fact, like when the characters described, I looked up Stephen Thompson and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Linda, if you want to correct us, you're welcome to. But Linda, are we doing this so you'll be our friend? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I had read the book ahead of time to make sure we would like it. Not planning to me. But yeah, I mean, I just I like the characters in this book. It's a it's a fun read. I mean, Lin- Linda Holmes is a great writer. I love what she's written for NPR. I also like she's a she's a critic that I often find myself agreeing with. Um, and on and like all like without I think I can't every time I listen to her or read something of hers, I'm like, yes, this is exactly how I felt about this thing. And so I am not surprised that I'm liking a book that she's written. It does make me think like how hard it must have been to, as a critic, write a book. Yeah, I am not a professional critic. I'm a professional writer. Right now I'm a professional babysitter of my nephews. But generally in non-pandemic times, I'm a professional writer. And I think a lot about the fact that my hobby is critiquing rom-coms and my job is writing them and how, like, much meaner I should then, like, how much more criticism I am subjecting myself to in, like, trying to present your own work to the world when you make a habit of being critical of other people's work and... So, like, I almost applaud her for, like, this is, must have been hard to do. Like, it's hard to say, like, I think it, part of it is, like, I know what makes things good and bad because you've spent your life critiquing them. But also, like, can you even apply that to your own work? And when I went into reading this, I was like, I'm really going to be disappointed if I don't like this because I like her and I so respect her opinion. And this was a really hard thing to do. And should she fail? It's, we're gonna have to give her more shit for failing harder, and and, and I I'm glad that I then liked the book because yeah, I think it is a testament to like when you watch a lot of rom coms or read a lot of romantic novels, you learn what why some things work and why some things don't, and if you then have the skill where you can translate that into your own work, it's really it's why they tell you to if you're gonna be a writer to read a lot of shit, right? So that you can well, figure all that out. I think one of the things that I've always really liked about Linda Holmes and and one of the things that I think we try to like imbue into our podcast is she has a love of romance novels and rom-coms and like that sensibility and she's one of kind of the voices of like just because it's written and made for and by women doesn't make it any lesser than, you know, like they're – and we have talked about this over over and over again is that – just because it's a rom-com and it brings you joy doesn't mean that it's not worthy of accolades at times. And you can feel that in this book. You can feel that she has a love of this genre. She is a consumer of this genre. And she is really trying to take what she loves and what works about this genre and leave behind any of kind of like the antiquated that can sometimes come or like the tropiness um and and I again I think that that's one of the reasons that you and I are enjoying this book and one of the reasons that we chose it is because it it does a lot of the things that we've talked about like it takes what is lovely and wonderful about this genre and leaves behind 
some of the crap that doesn't work. Yeah. And I think like specifically Ebby and Dean are like a well man. They're both broken people at the beginning of this book. And they, and like the sort of like loose inciting incident. And I love a loose inciting incident that just leads to people talking. That's my favorite kind of movie or book. They're like, is like, he's not going to ask about her husband and she's not going to ask about baseball. And it is of course, our, I forgot how soon into the book that's blown up. I was like, by yeah. part two, maybe. No, no, blown up already. They like, obviously they're going to talk about their shit, but they're both sort of like, I've got shit I don't want to talk about. Let's just like, you'll be the person who I don't have to explain why I'm not talking about that stuff with. And it, and you sort of like feel, they just feel really like evenly matched, evenly broken. And so it doesn't feel like one person needs to fix the other. Now, like I'm trying to withhold spoilers. Is it going to become a problem that Evie's character is a fixer for sure? But also like, you get what they you get what they both like need from the other one without it feeling like this man has slept in to save this widow or this woman's job is to save this broken man. Like it's a it's a really lovely like pairing. Yeah. And I'm excited for you to read more. What do you think is gonna happen, Kara? Um, I think they're going to fall in love. That's, I think that's the other thing I like about this book is like, we're not there. Like you said, there's this inciting incident where they agree that they're going to not ask the other about the thing that's been bothering them the most or like about their baggage as it were. But we sort of like cut through that shit real quick. Also, there's a scene in this first part, like pretty early on in the book where she tells him, all the shit she's been hiding from everybody else. And I I really like that. I You can feel the relief. You can feel she's like, here's the stranger I can tell. Right. But there's also like I I sometimes get frustrated with books and TV shows and movies where like people aren't just saying the thing that's there. Right. And like the audience knows it, but like the other person in the scene doesn't know that. I, I find that really frustrating at times. Um, <laughs> and which I know like that's a, it's a plot Literally, device. We have a I get course, it. And we have a course on that plot device in film school. Okay? <laughs> right. I get it. I get it. But I like that in this book, like we've just kind of, we've put all the cards on the table, you know, and I, I yeah. understand like there's going to be additional conflict between these people, of course, but we're not there's no there's nothing like the one is hiding from the other and i like that i like that that's kind of how we're setting up this love story i also like i think this is sort of maybe in rom-coms more than any other writing there's always like well it's so predictable cuz you know the two people are going to end up together which like a number one, sure, but also like go watch your action movie where the good guy is going to save everyone. Like fuck off with your it's too predictable. But also one of the things I like about this movie is or this movie, this book is that we're not necessarily like hiding that ball. We're reading a romance novel. So I will say spoiler free, like you can presume that the two people you want to end up together by the end of this movie or by the end of this book will but so instead what we get is like a really lovely, natural, slow burn of falling and getting to know someone and falling in love that feels real. There's no sort of like she, 
gets her heel stuck in a grate and he saves her before a garbage can hits her and kills her. Shout out to not made in Manhattan. The wedding planner. Thank you. There, there's no like that. He comes over because he's been told he can rent an apartment there and that's how they meet. And it, and it's, it's it's just very like natural. And then the rest of this first part plays out in like their conversations, getting to know each other, which include deep conversations about like his failed baseball career and her dead husband she didn't love. And also is like, they watch a lot of shitty TV and drink whiskey together. There's like, I don't know. There's just such a naturalness about their relationship that I enjoy. Yeah. I'm excited to keep reading. Um, I'm also excited to keep reading The Vanishing Half. Like I said, it's really nice <laughs> to have both because one is way lighter and more joyful than the other. Do you have a physical copy of The Vanishing Half or is it on your... I do not. It's on my Kindle. Okay, I'll buy it. I read half of Please. her first book and she's a very good writer. But I started. I read half of her first book in the beginning of COVID and I was like, mm, abortion? It's not the time. <laughs> Brit, I'll get back to you. Read... Read The Vanishing Half so that we can talk about that. The Vanishing Half, by the way, is by Britt Bennett. It's fantastic. Her first book, is Mothers, is supposed to be really good, too. What I read of Mothers is very good. It's just I, because I think of my own mental state, I could not get into it. Yeah. But what I read of it is wonderfully written. And I will go back and finish it. So, yeah, join us again in two weeks. We'll read Winter, which is the second quarter of... Evie Drake starts over. Join us next week for The Wedding Singer. Join us in two weeks for the second quarter of Evie Drake starts over. Allison, where can people find us? Find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and Twitter on hold underscore up underscore podcast. Um, and rate and review and subscribe and tell us like what books or dumb reality shows or things we should do for our next mini-sodes because these are fun. Yeah. Um, and thank you so much. Bye. Bye.